This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Nick Parker talks about prudence versus fortitude. What is prudence and what is fortitude? How do these two complement each other? Well, let's find out. Father Nick Parker is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for your many gifts and blessings. We thank you for the time that you have given us to grow in our knowledge of you, to grow in our relationship with you. We ask that you continue to send your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to always grow in our faith. Praise my God. And help us to be able to live that faith out with all those around us. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So again, we're talking with Father Nick Parker. We're going to talk about prudence versus fortitude. After earning a degree in instrumental piano, wow, at Fort Hayes State University, Father Nick entered the seminary. He was ordained in 2008 by Bishop Paul Coakley. Father Nick Parker can be defined as a theological scholar. Whew, I am I'm in trouble here. You're going to you're <laughs> going to you're going to keep it going. That's awesome. He has a degree in theology from Mendelein Seminary in Mendelein, Illinois. He also has an advanced degree from the same seminary, a license I license Licentiate in Sacred Theology, and he has completed a doctorate in Sacred Theology. He is the pastor of Immaculate Heart of Mary in Hayes. Wow, that's, wow. I, we've got a lot in store for us in this next hour, so thank you for we'll, being we'll on see, there. We'll see, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So the title of, of this hour, or the, the topic for this hour, is Prudence versus Fortitude. Can you explain... A little bit about each of those. Sure. Uh, so the reason why I wanted to do this topic is because I think more and more people look at the different virtues of God, but they kind of see that some of these virtues seem to contradict. So, for example, justice and mercy, uh, two virtues, both of God, but they seem to sometimes be at odds with each other. Sometimes people will say that truth and charity are at odds with each other. If they're in a difficult situation, a uh, different moral dilemma, they, they might say, well, do I act out of truth or do I act out of charity? Those are, those are all other topics that, that uh, I, I, I'd love to talk about uh, on another time. But I think that fortitude and prudence can sometimes be two of those virtues that sometimes seem to be at odds e- at, with each other. Sometimes there are difficult situations in life People need to make difficult decisions, and they need to ask themselves, do I act out of fortitude or do I act out of prudence? Now, just a little bit of a caveat here, though. Although it seems as though virtues of God may at times be at odds with each other, and people have to discern which virtue to act out of, the virtues of God are never at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, God cannot contradict God. Uh, There is one God. There is one spirit. So therefore, if we ever find that we're in a situation where we are having to determine which virtue to use and they seem to be in conflict with each other, I can guarantee you, you are not following the ways of God. Mm -hmm. Um, We always have to make sure that they all are coinciding with each other and working together. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at fortitude, we're going to look at prudence, we're going to look at how they can appear to sometimes be at odds with each other. But hopefully we're going to show that 
that's not the case, that they do have to all work together. So maybe we start out, you know, because 50, I haven't said this before, but statistically, I don't know what it's like here in Hayes particularly, but statistically across Catholic radio as a whole, 50% of our listeners are not Catholic. 25% are fallen away Catholic, or I kind of like them lapsed because I think they're coming back. And then 25% of them are, are those of us that are practicing and practicing trying to get it right. So tell us a little bit about what fortitude and what prudence are. Okay, we'll, we'll start with fortitude. I'll start by just giving uh, the technical definition from okay. the catechism. Fortitude is one of the, well, I'm going to have to give this away. This was the trivia question. It was one of the, I'm going to leave out the number, cardinal moral virtues, which ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in doing the good. Fortitude, sometimes called strength, courage, or might, is also one of these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's a trivia question later on. There are seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take out part of that definition of <laughs> fortitude so that I don't give away the trivia question. Yeah. Um, but that's basically what it is. It's it can be seen as endurance or strength in trials. It can also be perceived as the um, ability to to not have fear in in difficulties. Uh, so sometimes people will, will look at it as you know no battle is too large, no danger is too great. Yeah. So that's kind of what fortitude is about: is that that be not afraid. Sometimes I compare it to uh, I don't know if there's any video game players out there, but uh, sometimes when you play video games or strategy games, whenever uh, a, there there sometimes people just use the tactic of well let's not come go in with a plan let's just let's just run into the dungeon or run into whatever whatever battle we're fighting and just go for it. Yeah. That's kind of the idea that a lot of people have of what fortitude is about. So there's fortitude. Then if we go from fortitude, we can then go on to prudence. Uh, Prudence in the catechism is the virtue which disposes a person to discern the good and choose the correct means to accomplish it. One of the cardinal moral moral virtues that dispose, so there's another cardinal virtue, Mm -hmm. that dispose the Christian to live according to the law of Christ, prudence provides the proximate guidance for the judgment of conscience. So basically it's about discerning right and wrong. Therefore, it also implies a lot of the need for proper counsel um, so that one is able to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. So those are kind of the summaries of what fortitude and, and prudence is about. And, and so, so we're talking about prudence versus fortitude. Can you um, make the picture close, um, really, really clear with a specific example of, of a time when we have to choose either prudence or fortitude? A time when we have to choose either prudence or fortitude. Well, I did bring a scripture passage. (laughs) So um, this is one uh, that I think is a great parable from from the Gospel of Luke where, let's see if I can find it real quick. Okay, so this is Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Jesus says, Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion. Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? 
But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. Then he goes on to say, In the same way, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. So basically, that that's kind of the examples that he gives, is someone who is in a position of, uh, the first one was, was the builder. One could say, well, let's just have faith, let's start building, you know, God will provide. But God in our gospel said, no, you have to sit and think about whether or not this is actually possible, whether or not it's feasible. The same example with the, with the king with 10,000 troops versus 20,000 troops. Someone might say, well, the king with 10,000 troops, if he's truly faithful to the Lord, should just go in and have faith that God will provide, that God will be able to, to overcome it. But Jesus in our gospel says, no, you have to stop and think about whether or not this is actually a right path, whether it's the right way. A lot of this would actually go into, I didn't plan on this in my talk, but uh, just war theory has a lot to do with prudence versus fortitude. One of the elements of just war theory is that, first of all, it has to be, it's, it's a theory. It's not actually church doctrine or dogma, um, but um, Augustine was the main person that kind of began writing about it in detail. But part of just war theory is that it has to be a war of defense. But also he says that you can only justly enter it if there is reasonable uh, possibility for outcome or for a successful outcome. In other words, he, uh, he basically says that you know if, if it's one person against a million, you have to stop and, and think, can I enter into this war properly? So I guess those are some of the, some of the examples of I can think of right of hand. So yeah, excellent, excellent. I love that because it helps us to to paint that that picture of of clearly, you know, the prudence versus fortitude. And I, I love that example. So thank you for that. Um, so um, we talked a little bit about what prudence is. We talked a little bit. Um, uh, you, the fortitude is the scripture verse that you use. Do you also have scripture for? For prudence? Well, that one was more of a prudence one. It was one. more of a prudence. Yeah. I'm looking at too many things. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry okay. about that. Well, the fortitude one, you can find those throughout the entire scriptures. Um, I love the Old Testament stories. Yeah. The Old Testament stories have just tons of examples of, of what fortitude looks like. If you think about, um, about Abraham, uh, the father in faith, all the risks he had to take. When, when following the Lord of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sacrifice of Isaac. Like mm-hmm. that had to have taken some major fortitude. The yeah. faith that he would be given a, a son to begin with mm-hmm. had to take a lot of fortitude. If you think about Moses and how, in a sense, he was, he was an army of one against a million, but, but uh, the way that God instructed him to, to go to Pharaoh mm-hmm. and, and ask for the right for the people to worship. That, that had to have taken a lot of that strength and fortitude. Uh, the battles of Joshua, the battles of mm-hmm. David. But then the, the, the theme, be not afraid, um, that comes across in scripture, I think over like 350 times, uh, more than 350 times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's more than that. I might be, I might I, be low. I've heard 365, it's, one for every day of the year. That's, yeah. that's what I've heard, yeah. So, so um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's tons of of those those uh, phrases. So I mean, you it's hard to read the scriptures without finding that element of fortitude somewhere in it. So the four cardinal virtues we're talking about two of them: fortitude and prudence. Uh, the other two are justice and temperance, um, and they are called the four cardinal virtues. Uh, cardinal is is actually a Latin term. It means hinge, 
And the idea is that all other virtues hinge on those four virtues. Like if you want to live a truly virtuous life, those are the four main ones to look at. Now, other people will say, well, what about you know uh, faith, hope, and love? Uh, those are the, the theological virtues. Uh, you need those as well. Yeah. And also, a lot of times, people traditionally will say that humility is the greatest of all virtues. Thomas Aquinas actually puts humility under his talk on temperance. So it's, it's in those cardinal virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he, he ranks all the virtues and everything, too. So, yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about what fortitude and prudence is. It might be helpful to also look at how it can be misinterpreted, how, how people can misunderstand them. We said at the beginning that sometimes people will be in positions where they will think, well, do I have to act out of one virtue or another? Whenever you're in that position, there's always going to be some misunderstanding. I can guarantee there's some misunderstanding about what those virtues are. Yeah, because you, you explained before that they can't contradict each other. They it's can't contradict. Yeah. No, God cannot contradict himself. Yeah. Um, he will always work in harmony with himself. And so, therefore, there's, there's never a choosing between one virtue or another. You can always act in all of them. But, you know, fortitude, we, we said, is oftentimes perceived as, you know, no battles too large, no dangers too great. In a sense, fortitude, if one says, well, nothing should be, be um, within our realm of, of fear or anything like that, then when taken to an extreme, that can almost lead to a bit of, I would say, a reckless abandon. So if someone says, well, we just, we just have to have faith God's going to provide, then that's kind of like saying, you know, well, we can jump out of a, an airplane without a parachute because we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's great if you, you don't fear that, but maybe you should. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, there is such thing as, as a, 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 uh, a holy concern. Yeah. He gave us a brain for a reason. I, exactly. To, to be able to use it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. Or um, uh, another example would be uh, if someone wants to, to drive without paying attention to, to road signs or speed limits or taking cares of other laws or, or precautions. Well, the, the laws, the precautions, the speed limits, the signs, they're all there for our, our protection. They're all there to, to help us. So one of the things that, that's interesting is that there is a, um, there's been theological studies on the difference between fortitude and foolishness. So as soon as you say that fortitude means that I have no fear of anything mm-hmm. and that I can do everything, then we've actually strayed from fortitude and we've entered into the realm of foolishness. Because once again, there's, there's certain things that, that, you know, there should be a holy concern, that, that we're supposed to be concerned about our well-being and the well-being of others. And that includes the physical well-being as well. We are supposed to be concerned about the physical well-being of ourselves and others. Um, it's all a gift from God. We're supposed to take care of all these gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of where fortitude can go astray. If, it goes, if it's misinterpreted and it's taken to an extreme, it, it leads to uh, a recklessness, at least to some degree. Prudence, on the other hand, can also be taken to an extreme. So we said that prudence is about, in essence, right discernment, you know, doing the, the right thing in the right way at the right time. But if somebody falls into the idea that they constantly have to be discerning about 
about uh, about something always, 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 it can lead actually to a paralysis. You know, so it's kind of a matter of well, should should I should I spend an hour in prayer this morning? I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. I'll discern about it. <laughs> I'm praying about prayer. Um, but I'm going to continue to discern whether or not this should be something I do in my, my mornings. And because I'm supposed to be in a constant state of discernment, I'm just going to constantly think about it. Mm. Well, then, if you constantly think about it, you're not going to be able to act. Mm-hmm. Another example uh, is, let's say you have somebody who's discerning the married life. And they are, are dating somebody, and they say, well, I really like this person. I think I'm called to the married life. I don't know. I should still discern it. Maybe I should discern it more. Maybe I should discern whether or not this is the right person. Maybe, well, if they constantly are discerning, 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 you're never actually going to enter into the married life. You're, you're just, whether you're called or not, you're just not going to ever be able to do it. Yeah. Or, or think about what happens if they have discerned that, yeah, maybe I, I should go ahead and go through with this. It seems the right thing. And then after they get married, they continue to discern whether or not they should be married. That'd be a very painful marriage. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there comes, to say the least. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So the thing is, if we take prudence and it becomes distorted to this constant discernment about an action, mm-hmm. it leads to paralysis. Mm-hmm. If we take fortitude and we distort it to be a constant, without fear of anything, it leads to recklessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, there's still those situations where, where people will say, you know, this is difficult. Should I act in fortitude or should I act in prudence? Um, defending one's faith is another. You asked for for, uh, mm. for specific examples. You know, when uh, when somebody comes in and they start asking you, well, well, why do you even believe in Jesus? Do you have the strength to enter in or do you have the prudence to say, should I really think about how I I speak about it, defend about, defend it, act upon it. Sometimes people will say, which one do I act out of? And it's even harder if you're in a group of people that are constantly asking you, well, why do you do this? Why do you do that? You know, um, do I have the fortitude to speak up or is it more prudent to stay silent and keep a good relationship with the people around me? You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna answer those questions. We'll answer them in a second. But, uh, but those are just some of the, the questions, the, the situations where people might see these virtues at odds with each other. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about Prudence versus Fortitude with Father Nick Parker. on Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Father Nick Parker. Prudence versus Fortitude. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We are talking with Father Nick Parker, talking about prudence versus fortitude, Wow, does he have so much good information. So we'll let you continue. All right. So we've talked a little bit about what prudence is. We've talked about what fortitude is. We've talked about how they can sometimes seem to be at odds with each other, even though they're not supposed to be. 
And then we've also talked about how they can be sort of misunderstood and taken to a distorted extreme and what the dangers of that are. So now what we need to do is we need to really look at how these two are supposed to work together. First of all, with that, let's, let's go back to fortitude and let's talk about what it is and what it's actually supposed to be. Because fortitude is the strength to endure all trials. Yes, we actually have that down. Fortitude is about fear not, be not afraid. Yes, that's great. However, people say then that means that it should be about having no fear about anything. That's where we get off and we take it to a distorted extreme. Because fortitude is not about having no fear about anything. I think that was a double negative, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> so fortitude is not about having being fearless about, about anything. Fortitude is about having courage to do the right thing. And that's where we need to make sure that we keep it distinct, that, that fortitude is not about having fear of nothing. It's about having no fear to do the right thing. So let's go back to, to some of those examples that we had earlier. Um, if fortitude is about fear of nothing, then yeah, someone would say, let's just jump out of the airplane without a parachute, God will provide. That's not fortitude because that's not about doing the right thing. It's okay to jump out of an airplane if you have a parachute on, <laughs> you know, if you're taking the proper precautions. So if you're willing to have the courage to do the right thing, then you're acting out of fortitude. We also talked earlier about the difference between fortitude and foolishness. To have fear about nothing, even fear about doing, no fear about doing the wrong thing. If you have no fear about doing the wrong thing, that's where you've entered into the realm of foolishness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that we keep that uh, distinct fortitude, no fear about the right thing. Foolishness, no fear about the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's where we need to make sure that we keep that, that in line. So once we have that in mind, that fortitude is about having that, that courage and that strength to do the right thing, then all of a sudden we have to say, okay, well, what is the right thing? There you go. That's what I'm writing here is, you know, how do we know? You know, especially today when it seems so muddied, right? You know, and, and we're getting so many mixed messages, especially our children. You know, I'm older. So, you know, I think about all the, the, the messages that our children are being given today are just, it's just crazy. And and so, yeah, go go with that because I just, I think it it's so incredibly important that that we have the, the, the information to really form our conscious as well. Absolutely, yeah. So that's actually where prudence comes in mm -hmm. because prudence is the discernment of what is the right thing in the right way at the right time. So therefore, fortitude needs that uh, prudence in order for it to be formed, in order to, for it to be directed. Mm -hmm. and, th and then prudence also will tell you the right time to act as well. So um, we use the example of the, the married couple or the, or the person that's, that's discerning marriage. The person who is discerning marriage out of prudence will say, am I supposed to be married? But there will come a point where the person out of true prudence has to say, yes, I have 
no reason to believe that I am not called to this. It seems that God is pointing me to this way of life. And so therefore, I have to stop discerning if I am to be married. I am to start discerning how I am to live that out. And then they're able to, in fortitude, live that out properly. Now, uh, we, we also said, now, how, how do we know what the right thing is? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of simple. I say stick to your Bible and catechism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. but we're, we're moving into a little bit of, of moral theology here. I think it's always important to remember that we are created in the image and likeness of God. Because we are created in the image and likeness of God, that's, that's what it means to be human. To, to err is not human. To err is to live in a fallen humanness. Mm-hmm. But a fallen human humanity is not the fullness of humanity. A redeemed humanity is the fullness of humanity. So, in essence, a lot of what we need to do to discern what is, is good and true and to act out of prudence is what does it mean to fully be human? Does fully being human mean that I change who I am, my, 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 my gifts, my talents, or whatever it is. No, it means that you use those gifts and cha- talents. Does being fully human mean that I'm able to use these gifts and talents to, to tear others down? No, it means that you have to build others up with those gifts and talents. And then we have all sorts of moral dilemmas today as to, well, what, uh, what, what does it mean to, to live in a proper marriage? Well, proper marriage means that there is compatibility, that, that it leads to, to more life. It's marriages for family. Anything outside of that, it's not going to allow you to live a, fully, a, a full life as a human. And so therefore, out of prudence, we have to hold on to what li- allows us to live a fullness of life as a human person, which means that the only way to do that is in traditional marriage. A lot of people will, will also say, well, how does, how does love work in, in all of this? Because there's this, I, I've, been, I've been talking about this uh, periodically for a while now. There's this new phrase, you know, love is love, you know, and uh, even some, some well-known people that, that have these poems where they'll say, well, love is love, is love, is love. And, uh, well, the thing is, if, if love is love, then when someone says, boy, I love pizza, and Pee Wee Herman says, well, then why don't you marry it? Mm. Mm. That's a legitimate question now, mm. because love is love, isn't it? Mm. Well, no, that's not what it means to be human. Mm. To be fully human means that we realize that there's different types of love. And that I will love uh, a spouse in a different way than I will love a parent. Mm. And I will love a parent in a different way than I'll love a child. And I'll love a child in a different way than I love a friend. And all of these different loves have to be lived out in different ways because that's what it means to be human and to treat other people in their proper dignity as friend, as parent, as spouse, as child, as neighbor as well. So I think that's a, that's a really good place to start. What does it mean to be human? How do we respect the fullness of our human dignity? And, and how do we build each other up from there? If we can figure that out, then hopefully we'll be able to live in a more prudent way of life. And once we've figured that out, then hopefully we'll be able to have the fortitude 
to actually live that out in our world today. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that doesn't go into a lot of specifics. It goes into some, but but hopefully that can give us a, a little bit of a basis of what this looks like and how the two are supposed to actually work together. Yeah, that. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, so we already kind of talked about it, yeah. is that we're, we're created in the image and likeness of God. So the thing is, the, the point of a virtuous life, the virtues are all from God. They're supposed to bring us back to God so that we can be as we were created to be, which is like God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of uh, amazing when you think about it that, that all of God's creation, even the angels themselves, the humans are the only ones that are created in the image and likeness of God. To be like God is to be what it means to be human. <laughs> so anything outside of that is outside of being like God, but it's also outside of what it means to be a human person. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. And it's so important to, to realize that we are made in the image and the likeness of God when when you know we have all the, the craziness going on in our world with all the gender and all the the craziness to, to just realize that that you know, he made us man and woman, and and he made us in in his image, and and uh, you know we can't change that. Right, and you know? and you'll only be happiest and fulfilled when we come to accept it and live in the way that God has created us to be. Well, I, I think that the the biggest thing that I, I would like to drive home is is just that um, always remember that they always have to go together, that they always have to work together, that fortitude always has to be guided by. Uh, by prudence um, so that you do the right thing, not just that you do anything. If you're willing to do anything, including the wrong thing, that's foolishness. Mm -hmm. But make sure that you're always wanting to do the right thing. and and let that let that prudence guide your your fortitude. Always let them work in harmony with each other, because that's the only way to fully live uh, according to to the ways of God. I think one of the big things that that is is difficult in our world today. A lot of the time, um, our, our our Catholic listeners are those that are wanting to our Catholic radio listeners are those that are wanting to learn about the faith, grow in their faith, you know, try to move in the in the right direction. It is it is difficult in our world today to to properly defend the faith, and sometimes people um, say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm with a group of friends. My group of friends are are talking bad about the church. I don't know how to defend the church. I think out of prudence, I should just be silent." I would say that's probably not the best discernment, though. I don't know if that would be the proper prudence. I think fortitude calls us to always stand for the faith but to always stand for the faith in both truth and charity. Mm-hmm. Those are never at odds with each other either. If you ever think those are at odds with each other, you are not following the ways of God. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, keep in mind, we're, we're trying to wrap this all up, put it all together <laughs> into one. We always want what's best for people. Make sure that they always know that. We always want them to live out the fullness of their humanity. Make sure that they know that. When you defend your faith, Make sure you always do it with the mindset of this is about good news. We're, we're not we're not wanting to to like slam people down or, or judge them or be harsh with them, but we're wanting to share the good news that this is that that God gives us this faith because He loves us, that He wants us to be like Him, 
that he wants us to live a fullness of of life in his humanity, make sure that they realize that this is not about condemning the that there we're not the ones in the position to condemn the ba- bad and just just build up the good. That we're wanting to bring everybody to the goodness of Christ. Mm. And with that, make sure you use that 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 prudence, that charity, that that uh, that truth, and that fortitude to continue to talk about the faith, to live out the faith, to witness to the faith, but always in a manner to let, that that lets people know, I'm doing this because God loves you. And I love you, and I want what's best for you. You know, I, it's coming to my mind, so I'll share it. When I was a uh, fairly newlywed, I've been married now 40 years, but a priest told my husband and I, when you have any major decision, do a novena. And at the end, you know, and, and don't discuss it during the novena, but both of you pray about it. And then, you know, make the and then tell each other at that point, this is what I think. And if you're not in agreement, if you have time, pray some more. And if not, then the man as the head of the household has to make the decision if there's no more time for you to to, to agree. And we've used that throughout our marriage, not perfectly, but but certainly have, have used it. And I just think it's so powerful in, in helping to discern yeah, that's a the great right guide. versus the, the wrong. Thank you for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. If you're a business or service that can support this Double-Edged Sword show, please note that your underwriting will run three times during this show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Just call 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 101.7 KJDM, Lindsborg, Salina, 105.7 KMDG. Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 88.1 KVDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.